in the beginning too, it was slow. Like I got one client in the be- in the first few months and I was like, okay, like just got to hold the faith and trust. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Sliced Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Gallagher. And this week I am with Melissa Emily, who's the founder and creator of Pepper Rose, which is a floral design business. She is also a trauma-informed spiritual coach for women. Hello. Hi, it's good to be here. How's it going? So good. Good. So for those of you offline, we just, before joining in this, set our intentions. And I thought that was a powerful piece. Can you tell me about intention setting before we learn a little bit more about you? (laughs) I love it. Yes. Yeah, I feel like, well, you and I have talked before about how we are into spirituality, we're into manifestation, and intention setting is such a big part of that. If you can imagine yourself like getting in your car and driving to go somewhere and you're stressed out, you're not present, you're like trying to look at your Google Maps and trying to figure out where to go, and then you get a call and you're just like overwhelmed and stressed out. You can imagine that scenario versus getting in your car and setting the intention and having like such a beautiful drive and being present and being calm and like setting up the playlist before you leave. I mean, I'm, (laughs) I should be speaking to myself about this because (laughs) I can learn something from this. So your intention is what you are claiming as your future reality, what you want to create. If you're doing life unpresently and and stressed out and overwhelmed, that's exactly what you're going to get. But if you set the intention of, I'm going to have so much fun, this is going to be such an amazing podcast or conversation or drive or whatever that may be, then that is what you're going to create. It just like grounds you into yes, what it totally. is that you're creating. It sets the energy, clears the slate, and... I think it does allow for us in business also, which I, of course, want to talk to you about, but helps us get a little bit more grounded so that we can approach our lives and business the way that we want to. People who have been listening to the podcast have heard me say, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And that's like a saying that haunts me a little bit. But I think it's true. If you can start to set your intentions of how you want to show up, whether in business or in life, it it really does make a difference. So thank you for starting us off with that. I appreciate it. And now I want to hear a little bit more about your first, your floral business. I know you are a woman who can wear many hats. So let's first hear about the floral business. How'd you get Pepper Rose started? And tell us a little bit more about that journey. It is such a wild journey. Basically, it all started when I hit a rock bottom in 2017. It was a snowy winter day in Colorado, and I had everything that I thought I wanted. I had the full-time job. I had the amazing boyfriend. I had the group of friends. I had a supportive you know, family. I had so much going for me. My Instagram looked pretty, <laughs> but on the inside, I was slowly dying. I was miserable. I was having panic attacks. Like literally I was so anxious to the point where I could barely function. What would some of those anxious thoughts look like? That's such a good question, Michael. It was basically like I was fighting this inner battle with myself. I would be like, I should be happier here, but I'm not. 
I want more than this. I should feel happier. I should have everything I want. Why am I so miserable? And then it came, even if I went even deeper into it, it would be like, I am not enough. Like at the very core of my being, I had zero sense of self-worth. I was like looking for everything outside of me to tell me that I was worthy. So like how people treated me, the kind of friends that I had, if I did well, if I accomplished something or not, I was just so, 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 so stuck in this mindset, in this belief of like, as a person, there is something wrong with me. (sighs) Yeah. Wow. I don't think you're alone in those thoughts. Those thoughts appear for a lot of us. I can certainly relate to that. Not to make this about me, but just a little tidbit of how I can relate. Growing up, I was closeted and didn't come out as gay until maybe 18 or 19. And so in those formative years, there's a really good book that talks about how it's called The Velvet Rage for any LGBTQ listeners. And the reason he calls it The Velvet Rage is because he says on the outside, it's velvet curtains and like a beautiful display. And then on the inside, it's like rage and shame and guilt. And it sounds like for you, you had not only the guilt of, it was like compounded by the guilt, like I should be happy, but I'm not. And then I feel even shittier about not being happy. And so it's just like a vicious feedback loop. In that story, why I resonated so strongly with this, he talks about kind of being a fractured spirit, I guess, where you have one version of you that's projected, you have another version that's on the outside. And so then any validation that you get for that exterior version doesn't sink in because that's not really who you are deep down. And I think whether you're gay, especially you can relate to that. If you're not, I think it's something all humans go through. Like, how do we get back to who we really are? And then also, if you're not happy, not being in resistance to that, you know, maybe you're not supposed to be happy right now. Maybe that discomfort is leading you exactly to where you should be. Mm, Yeah, I resonate with that so much. Like, I totally resonate with that idea of like building this shell around you or like the velvet curtain and always trying to perform. Like I also was really struggling with people pleasing at the time too. Like I just thought that if everyone else around me was happy, then I would be happy. It was so debilitating because I was abandoning my true self in order to make sure that everything else around me was like, okay. I love what you're saying about how like, maybe you're not supposed to be happy in this chapter of your life. And like to go even deeper on that for me specifically. And I also, I know you can probably resonate with this too, but like, I believe that emotions are just your internal guidance system. So if you're not happy, if you're in in states of shame and guilt and fear and even anger or grief, despair, like those are all the lower vibration vibrational emotions that humans feel, that is just your body communicating to you that you're not in alignment with your highest truth, which is your natural state of joy, of peace, of feeling aligned and feeling passionate and lit up by what you're doing. So sometimes not feeling happy can actually be such a gift because your body is like, this is not right. Like this is not meant for me. I need to make a change. Let's make a change. But the more you push that down and try to get rid of the shame and try to get rid of those negative feelings and resist them, 
then the more that's going to perpetuate in your reality. You're going to keep on attracting experiences and circumstances and feelings of those lower vibrations. So the key is to notice that and then to shift out up into courage to change, like courage to make a change. So I could go on and on. (laughs) Yeah, not only that, I think you then, you're not only attracting and expanding a lot of those negative emotions, you're also missing all the transformations that would happen if you sat in those and like listened to the message that those are sending. So how did you get from that lower space into the higher space? And how did you launch your business? Yeah. So circling that all back. So I basically, I called my sister who happens to be my best friend and like one of my rocks in my life. And I I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just don't want to live like this anymore. Definitely suicidal thoughts. And she was like, Melissa, do something that you love. Like, cause I, I used to be, or I still am an artist but I used to love like watercoloring and that was just my happy place. And she was like, go home and pick up your watercolor set and just paint, you know, just do something that brings you joy, anything. And so I did. And this like beautiful flower just like flowed out of me onto the paper. And I felt this like energy transmission into my body and I lost track of time. I don't know how many hours I was sitting there, but I was in this flow state. Like, have you ever seen the movie soul? Yes. I love that movie movie so much. And I felt like I was in that like flow state where I was painting and I just completely lost track of everything around me. And I was so in flow and I was like, okay, if I can access feelings like this, then I have chills. If I can access feelings like this, then I can, I can continue like there's a point in, in me living now, you know, like I felt like I found something connected to my purpose. And so I really had an honest conversation with myself. And I was like, if I could do anything, what would I do? And what was coming to me was flowers, like flowers. Every time I walked into a room, flowers lit me up. I still am having chills. This is so crazy. I love that. I would still be in guilt when I did it, but I would love going to the grocery store every now and then when I did my grocery runs and like adding a bunch of flowers to my groceries and like putting it in a pretty vase. And I was like, fuck it. Fuck my college degree. Fuck what everyone else says. What was the job you had been doing? You said you had a full-time job. Yeah, I was a merchandising manager for a company here in Denver, which I had like worked my way up to. I was like, a company that shall not be named. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like people may know from my past, but it's basically like Pilates Studios here in. Colorado. And I love them. Their business is incredible. But the thing that was making me miserable was I was denying my truth of me being an entrepreneur to fit inside of a box and be stuck in all the like shoulds. Like I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be happy here. And I wasn't. So anyways, I said, fuck like everything. I am going to apply to work at a flower shop. (laughs) And so I did. And I was, I really had no idea that I was going to start a business from it. I just wanted to completely let go of the stress and the tension of trying to fit myself into this box at this full-time job and 
be in a job that was like, how could you be unhappy playing with flowers all day long? You know? (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So fast forward a few years, I became obsessed with it. I just absolutely fell in love with floral design. I just took it with a curious mindset. And then I left the flower shop. I wasn't getting paid as much as I wanted to, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And then I had another like energetic transmission where this business idea just like flowed through my body. And it was like, you need to start your own flower business. And I was like, what? (laughs) And so within like four hours, I sat down and wrote out complete business plan. I like created the branding. It was wild. And so I was like, okay, we're doing this. Let's go. I mean, it was a really rocky start, but. I want to get more into the start, but I just want to echo what you said Because in my life, I had been working at an ad agency and then had a similar moment where it all hit me at once where I was like, I need to start leading meditation art classes. (laughs) So I quit my job and just like started leading these meditation art classes all throughout LA where I would bring like splatter paint, Zafu Zabuton, like meditation cushions and easels and go into yoga studios or meditation studios. And looking back on it, I think that's all well and good and you should trust your heart and should trust your those messages you get. But something I wish I would have done is I wish I would have kept the full-time job while exploring. So I, don't, I wanted to ask, and if for any entrepreneurs listening, I think there's kind of two schools of thought there where it's like, just jump and do it or keep the job and start it as a side hustle and see if it starts to take And I guess now after it's been maybe five, six years since I first took the plunge of like, okay, I'm going to come up with my own income. Now I'm like, okay, I wish I would have kept at least something part time. And I think that probably comes down to knowing yourself, like in what's going to stress you out more, because I think I then became more stressed and then started to resent the business because it wasn't bringing in what I had hoped (laughs) right away. So Tell me about your thought process. Did you have any other side gigs or did you just dive fully in? Oh, yeah. It was so rocky in the beginning. I was also working because my degree is in graphic design. So I got this really cool freelance kind of like ongoing thing that was allowing me to supplement income while I was working at the flower shop. I mean, the flower shop only paid me like $14 an hour or something. So I had that. And then I also put my hustle hat on and I got a Lyft and an Uber business. You know, I yeah. was driving for Lyft and Uber picking up drunk people too. on the weekends. Really? Yeah. And, you know, I really started to resent that business because my Uber and Lyft was draining me so much. It was so exhausting. It is. But at the same time, I was still really struggling with self-worth and self-belief. I couldn't imagine a possibility where my flower business was my sole source of income and I was thriving. Do you know what I mean? Like it was really scary. And so I kind of was like leaning on the Uber and Lyft income and I got really stuck there. I was like so stuck in that. Because then that's what became comfortable is like, okay, I'll at least be able to have this. So would your advice be to entrepreneurs? Okay. <laughs> to go for it and see if you can make it work, you know, maybe have a certain amount of savings ready to go in case it doesn't. 
Yeah, I would, I would definitely say have something to keep you afloat before you make the big leap because your business can't be built in a day. It took me a good, I would say like nine to 10 months for things to really start taking off. But at the same time, the moment that it took off was the moment I decided to believe in myself. So there's that, but I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, you really have to trust yourself. If you're the type of person that's listening, that feels like you need some sort of stability while you're, while you're doing your thing and building your business, then definitely do that because you have to eat, you know, you have to pay your bills. So then you're, business, you said nine months later, started to take off. So what were the steps or what kind of happened or came into alignment for you that allowed it to start to take off aside from self-worth, you know, maybe things on the outside? So I will forever be grateful for one of my friends who she's the type of person in your life that will sit down with you and look you in the eye and be like, let's fucking go. What are you waiting on? Let's sit down and create a spreadsheet together and do this. Because there was still a part of me that didn't believe that I could do it. I was so afraid of failure. I was so afraid of what if I put all of this energy into it? What if I put myself out there on Instagram and take this vulnerable thing that is so precious to me, like flowers are is my art, and I show it to the world and no one wants to buy from me. And so I didn't, I didn't fully do it. And so I was like half, I call it half assing it for, for nine months. I was kind of doing it and kind of not. And I was like kind of believing in myself and then kind of not. And then my friend sat me down and was like, like I said, like, what are you doing? Are you in? Or are you out? Yeah. Are you in? Or are you out? And she it's was like, friend. let's, yeah. She's like, I believe in you. Let's sit down. And she created a spreadsheet for me. She's like, let's call it Melissa's abundance plan where we sit down and we, literally like list out all of the different ways that you can earn income. And it was infused with like passion and it was infused with like, you can do this. You know, that moment was another, I would say like energetic transmission where I was like, okay, I'm so lit up. Someone believes in me. Let's do this. And you know, my mom believed in me, my sister, my boyfriend at the time believed in me, but I needed someone who I really looked up to who was in abundance and prosperity and had such belief in me that she was able to do that. And so like, that's part of what I help women do as well. If they want to start their own businesses. How long had you been operating the flower business until you decided, you know what, I want to help other women start businesses. One of the things I would say is, was so special about me starting my flower business and building it to the point that it was sustaining me and providing stable, amazing income. Like it grew way faster and way bigger than I ever expected was I started, the more I built my business and the more I took those leaps and jumps and just put myself out there, I was getting feedback that it was working. And so I was like, okay, I can believe in myself. Like, and then my belief in myself started to grow that business. And then I was like, I want to grow this even more. So I hired my own coach. Shout out to Tanine. She's amazing. She's a spiritual business coach. So aligned with like you and me, Michael, like what we're talking about. I had never put money into a four-figure 
investment, like, or no, it was five figure investment like that before. But something in me was like, you have to do this because your soul is calling for more. It's calling for something beyond flowers. And so inside of working together, my coach and I, she helped me discover that I have an even deeper mission. Like I always thought I was just like, just an artist, but I'm so fascinated and so passionate about spirituality and self-development. And she was like, you should be a coach. Like you can help people. You have gifts. And so that was back in like late 2020. So by the way, I did my whole flower business throughout a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Crazy. But I basically take like so much of what I learned of growing my flower business, plus like all of the trauma informed stuff that I've been learning and like the energy and the healing and like the self-worth stuff. And I put that all into how I can help women, whether that's if you want to start your own business and be your own entrepreneur, if you're an artist too, or it doesn't matter if you're an artist or not. I do have clients who are floral designers and want to start their own businesses. So it's just, it's really cool. I feel like I get to give back in that way and do something at an even deeper level than flowers. That's what my soul is calling me to do. Right. No, I love that. That's so amazing. I do want to just touch again on what do you think it was that allowed you to sustain that business? Where were you getting your clients? How were you finding clients? What was kind of your strategy there? With flowers? Yeah. Yeah. So I love telling this story. So I live in a really cute little town home in a really cute area in Denver. And in March 2020, when the pandemic happened, I was like, I feel like such a low frequency. I feel so like the heaviness of everything that's happening. And so I was like, how can I give back to people? How how can I brighten people's days? How can I serve to help people? And I went and I bought some flowers and I made little bouquets and I put them out on my doorstep because we have a lot of foot traffic. Like it's a cute little quaint part of town and there's just lots of cute neighbor. It's a cute neighborhood. And there's people that are walking all the time. Actually, my home that I live in also looks like a storefront. People walk by it all the time and they're like, what is this? I'm like, we live here. And so I put the flowers on the doorstep with a little sign that said free flowers. And just watching people walk by and pick a bouquet and smile or like go give it to someone across the street. I was like, okay, there is something here. This is so beautiful. I loved doing it. And so I started charging for it. I started doing $20 bouquets, $30 bouquets on the doorstep, on my doorstep. And I did it every week for like a few months or probably even, I want to say like almost a year, actually the weather kind of fucked it up, but (laughs) that was so, it was like my business just spread like wildfire. I became known as the florist of my little part of town. So I would say like the biggest thing for me was getting out into the community. So whether that be talking to my neighbors when they were buying flowers from me or doing pop-up shops anywhere, doing farmer's markets, just talking to people, telling everyone that I know this is what I do. I'm a florist, like claiming it, like owning it. I am a florist. And what I have to offer is so beautiful. You know, I set the intention for my business too, that I just want to spread joy with flowers because that's how I feel. 
So I would say community, getting out in the community, talking to people and following those intuitive hits. Like someone, this like apartment complex reached out to me, this like luxury apartment complex reached out to me once because I was doing, I was teaching Skillshare videos on how to design flower arrangements and someone found me randomly there. So like, you never know what's going to happen. And then they became one of my best clients. And then people refer me. And then I have another amazing client that orders like thousands of dollars of flowers from me, like all the time. And I'm just like, this is so crazy. This is so cool that this, it's like a network, like everything works together and everyone talks. And I love that story. And I love that it started with you giving something with no strings attached. So it started with giving rather than how can I get something out of this? And I feel like in my business, at least, I did not do that. And it was a lot harder to get up and running. So I think if you can go into something and you have the ability to say, you know what, I'm just going to do this for free and see how it works. That's a really good way to market test and do a little market research and give back. So it's a win-win. So I think that's a very cool story. And I love that that was part of your journey. So then at what point did you say, okay, I want to you had the meeting with the coach who said you should be a coach. You have skills and talent there, which I could see. And then when did you decide, okay, I'm going to start coaching? It was pretty much right away. I just, another thing too, I didn't mention was my Instagram was my main tool for my business. So I would like the thing about flowers is like, they're gorgeous, right? So people are visual. They love to see flowers. And so Instagram was my main thing. And so I built up this following on Instagram and I just started posting about it on my Instagram. I was like, Hey, I'm offering one-on-one mentorship for women who need help building their self-confidence, building their self-worth, letting go of people pleasing, letting go of self-sabotaging habits. I really connected with my audience because like my Instagram posts started to get really personal and deep. Like I was explaining what what I was going through. I was explaining like how I was manifesting, how I was shifting, how I was growing and learning about, you know, metaphysics and spirituality and people really caught on to that. And so I was like, okay, I already have a base here. I'm going to explore like helping people now. And in the beginning too, it was slow. Like I got one client in the be- in the first few months and I was like, okay, like just got to hold the faith and trust because, and keep on doing flowers, obviously, because I needed that income as well. And I didn't want to completely let go of flowers. I'm in that journey now. Like I've built up a client base now with coaching and shifted everything. If you look at my Instagram, like everything has shifted completely from flowers to now value, like providing value. Yeah. I was going to ask if you ever had a separate brand for separate Instagram for the flowers or was always just told as your story? Yeah, it was always just one story. I still do flowers, but now I like to think like I have the highest of high standards where if someone asks me for flowers, I'm like, meh, you know, like if it's not something that I really want to do, I've gotten to that point, which has been amazing. But yeah, it's all, I feel like flowers and self-love are so connected anyways. So many overlaps, even just the fact that it's seasonal. You know, I don't think for many people, self-love isn't something that you can tap into every hour of every day and it might kind of have its seasons and that's okay too. 
Yeah, I love that concept. Like for me, self-love is how can I take care of myself and unconditionally love myself even if I'm hurting and struggling and it's hard? You know, like when I am having a hard time, when you are in a really dark place, like how can you love yourself enough to give yourself what you need to get through this season? Cause it's not all going to be rainbows and sunshine all the time. Like I just went through a dark night of the soul from December to like March. I was deep in old feelings of depression and anxiety. And it really put my teachings and like practicing what I preach to the test for me to really show up for myself. And I got through that and it was so hard, but like I did it in such a completely different way than I've ever done before because I have the tools now to love myself like through the hard shit that humans go through. And I find sometimes people almost get addicted to needing to heal, especially just as someone who I experienced that myself probably where it was then the spirituality became the escape. The spirituality became the the addiction where it was rather than tapping into and really figuring out what's going on inside, it was, I'll just listen to this person talk about something or listen, read this book or like, it was still in its own way, its own addiction and escape. So how do you recommend people balance that process in healing where you don't almost overdose on the healing? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can resonate so much. I've totally been there, especially as someone who I'm just passionate. Like that is my number one passion in life is learning about spirituality. Like if I could get paid to read books all day and listen to podcasts about spirituality, I would be a millionaire. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I totally get it. And like, I think the message that wants to come through for me is like, you're not broken. You do not need to be fixed. Like you are already whole. And I have experienced firsthand the freedom that comes from healing like something so traumatic or healing something that is blocking you and feeling that liberation and knowing that that's never going to affect me again. I'm healing it once and for all, you know? And I feel like the addiction and like the desire to continue learning is there's, it's kind of like a fine balance. Like there's a fine line. There's, it's really, really amazing. And it's really good. I think it depends on like where you're at in your journey too. And I think it also depends on like how much self-awareness do you have? Because if you you're noticing that you're using spirituality as an escape based on a belief that you're not okay and you need to be fixed, then that can be a slippery slope. But if you are intentional, right, about the content that you're that you're listening to and the spiritual teachings that you are bringing in like you're consuming it into your energetic field, then that is a beautiful place to be and having the self-awareness to know like, okay, I'm overdoing it and cultivating that relationship with yourself, your intuition, because your intuition is the wisest. No one can tell you, you can't get like enough tarot readings enough to tell you what to do. You have to listen to yourself. And I've totally been there. Like, who can I ask for help? Who can tell me what the answer is? It's like, no, no, no. And that's what I teach in my programs is it's healing your relationship with yourself so that you don't have to keep on switching to outside sources to get the answers. It's all within. 
I totally resonate with that as well, which I know is our word of the day, but it, it's very true because I feel like I was the type of person who would outsource everything in my life where I'd be like wanting someone else to feel it, wanting someone else to process it, wanting someone else to come up with the decision. So yeah, reclaiming that authority over your life, I think is really crucial. And something that was really helpful for me that I just wanted to echo that you also used was a coach. And like my coach totally changed my life for the better. And I cannot recommend enough, whether you get a business coach, whether you get a spiritual coach with someone, if you take a look at what you spend all your money on, and if there isn't a portion of that going to your betterment in some way, I think it's going to be really hard on your journey in business because business just requires that whether you're learning about yourself or whether you're learning about the market that you're in or whatever it is, there's so much to learn. So if you're kind of of the mindset of coasting and just not trying to better yourself, which I think most people do want to better themselves. I really do. But if you're showing up and putting the action forth to match that, you know, match the intention with action, like, yeah, I'm investing in myself and trying to get better, then I think you'll see those transformations. So I'm curious to hear more about how working with a coach helped you. And then maybe you can do a little self-marketing and tell us some of the transformation stories of your clients. Oh, I love this question. Yeah, I agree. Having someone to support you, whether that's a therapist, a friend, or you pay a coach is so crucial, especially in today's world. We are not meant to do this alone. In my experience, hiring a coach was my way of telling the universe that I'm ready to up level. Like I was ready to level up. I could only read so many books. I could only listen to so many podcasts. Having that like energetic exchange of like, okay, here's my money. And then I'm receiving value. I'm receiving that support is basically like a declaration, like I said, of, okay, I'm ready to go to the next level. And like being held in a container of safety where someone is able to honestly reflect to you supporting you in listening to your intuition, supporting you in taking the next steps that you need, or even just holding you accountable. Like accountability is such a big part of what I offer because how many times have you like told yourself that you're going to do something and then you never do it, you know? And so having someone to basically, it's like your, uh, it's your accountability buddy. It's so much more than that. But when you make that declaration, when you pay that money. You're like, okay, I'm invested. Let's do this. You know? So hiring a coach was life changing. And I just knew that I had to do it. Like I just was listening to that, to that intuitive voice that said, you have to do it. And I found her through such synchronistic ways to the point where I was like, God is literally putting this person right in front of me because I need to work with her. Like I have, this is exactly what I've been wanting. I was actually calling in someone to support me because I knew that I needed help to go to the next level. I needed to hire someone who had already walked in my shoes and done what I wanted to do so that I could learn from them. And so that's a lot of like what I offer with my clients. And so for example, like one of my clients just started her own floral design business. And she hired me because she needed to 
learn from someone like me who had done it before. She had never done it before. It's been her dream for like years and she just needed someone to believe in her, just like my friend believed in me. And so having someone to like really see you and hold you and support you and believe in you and encourage you and hold you accountable is priceless. Like you cannot put a dollar on that. It is so, so important. And like coming back to kind of more about the concepts of what I teach, a lot of it is feminine embodiment. And I always talk about the queen energy, like the queen doesn't do it alone. She surrounds herself with a team to support her because she knows that she has gifts to offer, but if she's doing it all by herself, she's struggling. She's miserable. She is stronger with with a support system around her. And so that's what I really provide for the women who are ready to up-level in all areas of their life because you can't do it alone. That's no, why you, we're here. You definitely can't. <laughs> And something that made me think of, I'm, I'm taking this course now on buying businesses. And one of the interviews that she did was with a woman who started a pack and ship company or bought a pack and ship company, I should say. And she does a bunch of other things. But in that pursuit, she was like, okay, I've never done this before. So she found someone who had done it and said, hey, can I pay you to literally follow you around for two weeks and write down every single thing that you do? And I thought that was such a cool hack to like get to reverse engineer the outcome that she wanted by following people who had already done it. And it's true. It's like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Someone has probably done whatever you could possibly want to do. So save yourself. Like I wasted so many years just being like, I'm going to have to figure it out on my own. Or I guess it wasn't a waste, but that was my curriculum and my learning that I had to go through. But I would say shortcut it and find people who are already doing what you want to do, no matter what type of business, and talk to them, establish a relationship with them, hire them if you want, but at least just start to connect and follow in their footsteps. Yeah, totally. I love that. I love the term expanders. Have you heard of that before? Yeah, where you your subconscious doesn't necessarily believe it's possible until you see that it's possible for someone else someone in there that may be similar to you in, in some way, shape or form where you're like seeing it to believe it. You're like, okay, if they can do that, I can do that. And also just like being in the energy of that, of the coach, they're likely vibrating at a higher state than you are. And so by you coming into their field, you're raising your vibration, you're borrowing their nervous system so that you can like raise up and go to that next level. So yeah, I love that. I love expanders for that reason. Expanders is a great term. I remember my coach also talked about stackers. <laughs> I don't know why he called it that, but it's like people who come in and will like make sure that you've learned the lesson. And then once you get the lesson, then those people tend to like fall away. And his whole thing was the teachers in your life who are like anyone who's present in your life, you can learn from. And it's probably no coincidence. So usually if you are like, who should I learn from? It's probably already the people around you. Yes, you can go to networking events. Yes, you can put yourself out there to meet more. But the odds are there's so many lessons just to be like gleaned from the people around you. So 
What are some of your favorite takeaways that your coach taught you? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, I recently, so I did like a six month one-on-one program with her and then I just took her trauma informed spiritual awakening certification program. I just graduated from that a few months ago and I would say that was six months as well. So I've like been working with her for a year and my biggest takeaways were honestly the education, like the quality of education of what she was teaching about energetics and about consciousness was so impactful to my life. I mean, I could talk about it for a long time, but just like learning. Okay. So basically energy can be measured on a scale. Like you can measure the emotion of shame and that is the lowest vibration on an energetic scale. And then the highest vibration is enlightenment. And so one of the biggest takeaways for me was like, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you can't take action in your life, it's because you're stuck in lower states. The vibrations are literally vibrating at a slower pace than if you were in a state of love or joy, which is higher and quicker and faster, and you're you're able to take action. So the reason why you're stuck is you're probably looping in states of shame, guilt, fear, or grief. And once you're able to move those emotions and feel them fully so that they can move and be released through your body, then you're able to tap into your natural state of being, which is joy, which is peace, which is love. That is who you really are. But those lower emotions are stored in in the lower centers of your body and they want to be freed. They want you to look at them with love and be felt so that you can be free. So that would be one of my biggest takeaways. Also like how to feel emotion. How many people are listening or like if you, Michael, me for sure, a few years ago, I was like, I don't even know how to feel. Doesn't that just mean like crying and like talking about it to my mom on the phone? (laughs) But it is so much deeper than that. So that's what I teach in my program. I teach all my clients how to feel your emotions. Yeah, because you could do that unconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is not being aware, not being present and trying to push the emotion down. Like, no, I don't want to feel this right now. No, no, no. Anxiety is here trying to push it away, push it away, push it away. But when you really lean into feeling the anxiety, where is it located in your body? Breathing into that. Asking it if it wants to say anything and then letting that move and release. I mean, that literally is the ticket to freedom of life. (laughs) It's like the the best thing ever. That's so so great. That would be my biggest takeaways. And for your first takeaway, if anyone wants to dive deeper into that and like learn more about the mechanisms of that, obviously, I would recommend working with you or checking out the book Letting Go by Dr. David Hawkins. He talks a lot about that vibrational scale and gives like some great tips on letting go of the lower states so that you can work your way up. And it's just a good read. Yes. You know, I haven't read any of his work, but my coach, David R. Hawkins is like the main, like a big resource for her. Like how she, like one of the main ways that she likes to teach like is through his work. So 
Yeah, he has great work. I highly recommend it. Are there any other like thought leaders, whether in business or in the spiritual world, that you recommend people check out? Yeah. Another great book is Levels of Energy by Frederick Dodson. It's very similar to David Hawking's, but I love his book. And then honestly, the granddaddy of spirituality for me has been Wayne Dyer. I know we talked about this together, Michael. I'm on a Wayne Dyer kick right now. (laughs) Yes. Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle have been such incredible, impactful leaders for me and like who I feel very resonant with. And then, yeah, that's, that's it for now. Like I've learned from so many different people and I've like taken all these different courses and done a bunch of programs, but I would say it always comes back to like this deep inner knowing that you are more than just this body. Like you are a soul here to have a beautiful human experience I love that. And I know for our podcast listeners, they might be more accustomed to more of the startup world. So something that my coach told me that really stuck was the fact that we have like a goal line and a soul line. And so if you can like visualize like a graph, in one way, you can be really developed on your goal line where maybe you take action every day, you are super successful, but you're not so developed on the soul line. And so you might be depressed or anxious or whatever. And then conversely, you could be super developed on the soul line where, you know, you have really high frequency, you're in a state of joy all the time, but you're not taking any action. And so you might not have any material stability. So I think a really good approach is to try to visualize yourself developing on both. So you might set the intention, but then you also mirror that with I'm going to go out and actually take action because as much as I do believe this is like an energetic world, it's still, no matter what you do in your head, it's not going to be able to overcome inaction. So you got to get out there and take action too. Yes. I, oh my gosh. Amen. Yes. That reminds me of like the masculine and the feminine, you know, like the feminine is a being, the feminine is energy and, and sets the intentions and is like in flow. But if you don't have the masculine grounded action where you actually show up and take inspired action, then you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to be floating around. And then like what you're saying, vice versa is like, if you don't have an intention and if you don't feel connected to something deeper and you don't have a purpose, then you're just going to be like miserable, just like grinding away, taking action towards something that you may not even want. So I love that. Yeah, that's so great. So I'm curious, I know we don't have too much time left, but I'm curious for the people who are coming to see you or just in your intuitive opinion on the world right now, what do you think is some of the biggest problems people are dealing with? This is a great question. Definitely anxiety, whether people want to admit it or not. I feel that a lot of people are depressed because they either don't know their purpose and they're not taking action towards like what lights them up or they are stuck in those lower states of like shame and guilt and fear. And that keeps them like stuck. So I would say those things for sure. And then one of the main things that I see in all of my clients across the board is 
the inability to have boundaries and to speak what your needs are. And that shows up in people pleasing and saying yes when you really mean no and not honoring your truth, being so disconnected from your intuition or not honoring your intuition to the point where you're just like giving, 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 giving everything, but you're not in alignment with your truth. So definitely those things. I definitely see a lot of people as well. Like I was saying, struggling with like either their leanings too much into their masculine or they're not embodied in their feminine. Like they're so disconnected from their bodies that they are basically just operating from the rational mind. Like what is most logical, what I'm supposed to do, what is right, what is wrong, you know, like how does the world want me to operate instead of like allowing the intuitive wisdom from your body to move you and speak through you. So yeah, those are the main things. That sounds very accurate to what the world just seems very anxious these days. And we don't have any favors in terms of like the conditions in the environment, whether it's social media, just instantly making you feel anxious the second you open it or amplifying with all these like I think about how news and social media, like they make more money if they can send out controversial things or things that invoke an emotion. And so, yeah, sometimes that might be laughter or love or what have you. But a lot of times the stuff that gets shared and the way they make more money is if it's fear driven and, you know, makes people worried and anxious. So there's a lot of factors that are against people right now. But I will also say like, if you're alive in the world right now, it's probably not a coincidence. And like, this is kind of what we signed up for and just another part of the challenge. So I don't know, is there anything you would say to someone who's feeling anxious right now? You know, maybe they're listening to this podcast and being like, I need to start a business. (laughs) And I'm feeling so anxious about it. Mm, Yeah, I love what you were saying about that. Like the state of the world right now is is in a lot of pain and is really anxious. And the reason why you're here, if you're listening to this podcast is because you chose to come here to help the world make it a better place. And I know that sounds cheesy, but you're here because you have a purpose. You're here because you have something to offer and the world needs you. Like People in your life need you. People that you've never met need you. If you want to start a business, you have something to offer that's going to raise the vibration of the world, that's going to help people get out of this anxiety. So like leaning into that has been so helpful for me. And then just like anxiety in general, I mean, get outside. (laughs) That's what I would say. Like go outside, go put your bare feet on the earth and just like, feel the energy of the earth. And I mean, there's so much that I could say about anxiety. Are you breathing? Like, are you breathing right now? (sighs) How many times a day do you look at your phone? You know, I'm guilty too. Do you look at your phone the first thing when you wake up and the first thing that you do before you go to sleep? So yeah, I mean, it just starts with like very, very simple simple, simple things like get back to nature, breathe, know that you have something to offer to the world. Yeah. I love that. And something about that too, though, if 
you have this gift and this offering. Like, I think people might, when they hear things like that, put pressure on themselves. Like, oh, I've got to have this big purpose that impacts a million different people and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you could be showing up in this business buying course I'm taking. They talk about a lot about like HVACs or laundromats or car washes or you know, like you could be showing up in your service-based business and that can still be a tremendous impact that you have in the world, but you can also impact people in the energy that you carry. You can be a really loving, happy person and that could impact even more so, like whether you have a tangible proof of it or not. Like I think impact is such a vague term. So if I was talking to someone who wanted to start a business or wanted to have an impact, I would say it doesn't have to be so grandiose. Like I think that was a mistake I made too in starting my business. I was like, it's going to be creative and meditation based and it's, and it needs to be huge. And it's like, no, you can have a really big impact on a very few amount of people and that can still be super valuable. Or I think you can have maybe a, a, you know, a little bit of an impact on a lot of people. I think those would be two good things to shoot for. I love that. Yeah. I definitely agree on that as well. Like that's something that I had to tell myself when I was in those jobs that was just like getting me by and paying the bills. I was, I was like the energy that I bring to this, who I am being when I am this salesperson at a retail store, when I am putting flower arrangements together, when I am doing my merchandising career, you know, I mean, it's easier said than done, but like who you're being is the most important. And you don't know what one smile to a stranger could do. Yeah. It's like the butterfly effect. Yeah. You never know. And like another, I, I think what I would say to that too, is like, for me, I know I'm meant to make a big impact in the world. And I don't really care how that happens. Like, I don't care if I have thousands of followers on Instagram. I don't necessarily want to be famous, but I know that my impact is going to be big and it already has been big. And I just want to keep on expanding into that. And like, the less I care about what that looks like to the external world, the more focused that I am able to be in in my service and being able to offer my gifts. Yeah. And to bring it full circle, I think the intention you go into with that is super important. So like if I'm saying I want to have a really big impact because my intention is to see what I'm capable of as a soul and be my truest authentic self and expand as much as humanly possible to help others, but also to help myself, I think that's going to look a lot different playing out than like, I need to have this huge impact where I start a unicorn, have a billion dollar exit and like have the fancy car and the nice house. Like, sure, that's all well and good. But I think the former is going to be a lot more freeing and will probably yield better results is is my argument on that. 100%. Yeah. I always like say this and like think about this. It's like, what is going to happen? Like, how are you going to feel once you do get the fancy car? Once you do have the whatever billion dollar exit, once you do get a million followers, once you do make a million dollars, you have access to those feelings right now. Like you get to feel that right now. You don't need anything in order to feel that way. You get to choose how you feel. And then, yeah. And then once you feel happy, then you can give that 
to the world in your service and make such an even bigger impact. So that's I what that. I have to say about that too. Yeah, I love, I love that. Ch- chatting with you. Yeah. So we do always bring people towards a close with, if you could describe your entrepreneurial journey in one word, what would it be? <sighs> one word. Empowering. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else? I know you should tell people where they can find you. If anyone wants to work with you, anyone wants to check out your flower arrangements, give us all those details. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I'm just at I am Melissa Emily. And that's one I A M, like spelled I-A-M. out. I A M. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I am Melissa Emily. And you can connect with me. You can see what my vibe is all about. I do enrollment periods into my program right now. If you're listening and it's still July, I'm still enrolling people into the next round of my program. So if you're interested, go take a look, shoot me a DM. Otherwise, I'd love to chat with you. I'm going to be putting out a lot more like free content. I'm starting a podcast too this year, which is exciting. And if you want flowers, my website is pepperrose.co. Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time, your energy, all of the shared wisdom from your experience. And hopefully it resonates with others as much as it resonated with me. I definitely have a lot more to chat to you about after we go off, but I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording here. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Sliced Podcast. If you enjoyed listening, we would love for you to share this little slice of insight with your friends. See you next week.